All right, everybody, welcome in. 2023 NHL trade deadline talk. Matthew Zator of thehockeywriters.com joining me. Matthew, how's it going? Doing good. I've had some crazy uh, last few days, <laughs> especially for the St. Louis Blues. But uh, yeah. yeah, the deadline, um, what, a little, at, well, now a couple, what are we, two weeks away? Uh, yeah, and uh, it's a bunch of stuff still that could happen. So uh, yeah, great, great to be here. Great to talk uh, trade deadline. Yeah, I mean the the some of the bigger names are off the market, but the good thing about this version of the market is that there's still a couple, you know, bigger. There's still some big names out there, and there's one name that's been out there for a long time. We'll see what finally happens, but we'll start uh, with the Vancouver Canucks, the team that you cover, the team that you follow, the team that you root for. Uh, January thirtieth, so it's been you know almost three weeks now since uh, since they departed with Bo Horvat trading him to the New York Islanders in exchange for Anthony Beauvillier, Atu Ratu, who is a high, high-end high prospect early mm. on in the stages of, of the draft last year. Obviously fell a little bit into round two, but uh, they also got a conditional first in 2023. Just your overall thoughts on the trade and where it, you know, where it puts the Canucks, who are a seller, at the deadline. Yeah, well, I mean, it's as time went on, it seemed like that was going to happen. I mean, that Horvat was going to be traded, and it just ended up being a, to a team that was kind of unexpected. I mean, the Islanders weren't really talked about as being a destination for Horvat. There was uh, other teams being talked about, uh, but you know, he ends up going there, and he's doing pretty well. I mean, he's got a few goals. He's uh, looks like he's fit in with their uh, their players already, and. Uh, already signed the long-term deal that uh, everyone was hoping was going to be signed with the Canucks, but now he's with the Islanders for a long, I mean, I don't know if it's going to be the whole contract because yeah. we can't really say anymore in the NHL <laughs> whenever si- contracts are signed, it doesn't mean they're going to be there for that long. But, uh, you know, at this point it's, it's a long-term deal. And um, for the Canucks, I mean, they got pretty good, pretty good haul. I mean, the first round pick was what they needed to have in this deal um getting a high-end prospect like Ratu yes he's a second round pick but like you said very high-end um guy earlier on when he he was actually being talked about in that top three mm-hmm. at one point and fell all the way to the second round um it's looked pretty good with the Abbotsford Canucks and um hasn't played in the NHL with the Canucks yet but he has played a few games um with the Islanders but I mean he looks like he could be a really good two-way forward he's has size he's got skill Looked really good at the World Juniors. I actually really liked that this was included in the deal. So overall, um, trade is really good. I mean, Beauvillier has looked looked re- decent as well um, in the games he's played. Looks like he's meshed um, with Pedersen, has a couple goals already. So, I mean, and he's not old. So I think overall, I think the deal went pretty well for the Canucks. I don't know how much more they could have gotten on other teams. Um, but overall it's good and we'll see what happens next. I mean, there's so many other targets and we'll talk about them, um, that the Canucks could sell off too. So, yeah, I mean, the, the value and the, uh, the returns that teams are getting for rentals is, is extremely high. And I think the biggest reason why Lamarillo did this deal was because he was pretty confident in getting an extension done with Horvat, which they did pretty quickly. So uh, I think that that's not surprising, but the prospect quality in Beauvillier is a guy that was really, really good a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. And a change of scenery, I think, is is huge for him. So uh, that's not surprising in uh, in that trade. Uh, and then you had obviously the Blues trading Tarasenko, Vladimir Tarasenko, who mm-hmm. Jersey back there are going to have. I don't know what I'm going to do with that. Uh, we'll see. But 
certainly uh, a move that was in the works for a long time. Uh, and, and also Mikula going to the Rangers. They get Sammy Blay back, another guy that needed a change of scenery, and then a defenseman uh, prospect, Hunter Skinner, and then they get a, a first uh, among other picks. So just your thoughts on that trade. Yeah, well, again, uh, this was – I mean, he did go to a team that was kind of talked about. I mean, yeah. he's with his buddy uh, Panarin now. And, uh, uh, again, looks like he's meshed really well with the Rangers so far. He's He has – he's scored already. He scored, I believe, in his first game, right? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, again, the Blues got a really good good package back in that one. I mean, a first-round pick. That, that was something that I'm, I'm sure the Blues would want for him. Um, gets that first round pick. Gets I mean, Sammy Blay still has some potential. He's on. He's getting up there in age now. But um, like we talked about, he's you know he he knows the system with Craig Berube, and uh, you know he should be able to fit right back into the team. So I mean, overall, I think the first round pick was the biggest part of that mm-hmm. trade. Um, Hunter Skinner. We'll see what happens with him. I, mean, I don't think he's a high end prospect. He's more that mid um, guy, or maybe in the low range guy. So I mean. Overall, I think the first round pick's a big one because 2023, we all know how deep that draft is. Yeah, this deal I like for both. I think, and obviously Blaze scored twice in his return uh, with the Blues after not scoring in 40-plus games with the Rangers. He already scored two <laughs> back with the Blues. But, uh, yeah, I think Tarasenko was probably going to end up going to the Islanders or Rangers, maybe the Devils. Uh, but I thought when the Islanders got Horvat that the Rangers would likely be making a move, and I think this makes a lot more sense than going – you know, all the way with like a Timo Meyer in terms of how much that that price could be. But uh, I, I think sometimes people are a little bit morphed in terms of how they view trades. Like a lot of people think of the Rangers got a, a stealer. I just, it's a good deal for both sides. But I think for the Blues, the most important thing, like you said, is the first round pick. Yeah. You get Blay back, maybe they'll sign Blay, play him on the fourth line next year as well. I mean, he fits what Bruby wants guys to do. Like you said, Skinner, not the highest of him. We'll see him. He's big, so maybe he'll, he'll fit in the AHL or maybe get some time in the NHL. But yeah, the most important part was the first round pick. And it's the same with the O'Reilly trade. So uh, they traded Ryan O'Reilly and Nola Chari. It's technically a three-team deal. Minnesota mm-hmm. stepping in, retaining 25% on O'Reilly. The Blues retaining 50%. Uh, O'Reilly and Achari head to the Leafs. Uh, Mikhail Abramov, Abramov, however you want to say that one. I'm not going to get that right 100% <laughs> of the time. Uh, Adam Gaudet, who's really bounced around. Uh, first round pick in 2023, a third round pick in 2023, second round pick in 2024, and the Wild get a fourth round pick for their role in retaining salary. I think that this deal is like as good of a package as the Blues could have hoped mm-hmm. for in terms of pick quality or the number of picks. And I think I know that Michaela is what I'm going to call him. The prospect is a bit of a, a project. We'll see if he ever, I mean, he's only 21. He is small. I think that's a concern. Godet's probably a guy that's, I mean, he's been tearing it up in the AHL this year. He's got 34 no. points in 40 games, but uh, O'Reilly's, I'm not going to say he's slowed down. He's definitely of value to a team that can make a playoff run because he's got proven playoff success, no matter, you know, how he played in the regular season. He's definitely struggled this year. I think a lot of those struggles are due to the blues just as a team struggling um, but I think this is about as good as you can do. And Achari is another nice fit for them. And Achari was good for the Blues this year. Mm-hmm. So I like this deal for the Blues a lot. I think it's good for the Leafs. I think if you're Dubas, you got to take a big swing. And this is probably the biggest swing he's going to take. And obviously there's a ton of pressure on the Leafs this year, probably more than ever, especially with giving up four picks in this trade. Uh, what's your view of this deal? 
Yeah, well, you said it. I mean, this is this is a big risk. I think it's a, a massive risk on Dubas's part. I mean, it's not guaranteed that O'Reilly's going to resign with the Leafs. Mm-hmm. They brought him on to win a cup, and and that's that's the biggest thing. Um, like you said, O'Reilly not playing his best this season. What he has twelve goals, um, far cry from what he usually does. Um, but he still has that playoff pedigree. He can win faceoffs. He's uh, he's a big guy. He's got he's got success uh, at you know, winning, uh, he's got a cup, he's got a Conn Smythe trophy. So, I mean, yes, he's not that type, he's not that player anymore, but, you know, I still think he'll bring a lot of value to the Leafs. It just ends up being, we'll see how much of an impact he makes. Um, because like you said, the pressure is on uh, for Dubas. Cause I, I said this on the, on the reaction video when we got right after the trade, I think if they don't make it very far in the playoffs, Dubas isn't a GM, isn't the GM of the Maple Leafs next season. So, I mean, that's just that's just the reality of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so he wanted to make a big swing, see if he can, you know, make some difference that he will have a, you know, rather make a difference in the playoffs, push them over that hump. It's at least the first round, um, push him past that. But overall, the deal for the Blues is just it's awesome. I mean, it's a first round pick again. They've got three now uh, going into this 2023 draft. And uh, and they get that second rounder in well, I mean, next season. But, I mean, whatever. It's a second rounder. Uh, and then the third round pick, is I think, is as valuable as a second round pick in any other draft. So, yeah, I, the Blues got a massive haul in this one. And I think they came away. I mean, both teams came away with some value. But I think the Blues overall, what they got in picks is bigger at this point. Because, you know, O'Reilly wasn't going to resign. Um I mean, who knows? I mean, he may resign the offseason. We don't know. But overall, it's good to get something for him just in case he doesn't. Yeah, that's the important part here is, you know, getting a first back and then you get more picks. I think packaging Mikula in the Tarasenko trade and Achari in the O'Reilly trade was smart, uh, getting value there. And I think I think a team is probably going to overpay for Ivan Barbashev. I don't know yeah. what an overpayment <laughs> in that deal looks like. If they were to get a second, I think that'd be great. If they were to somehow – like Vegas is dumb enough to give up a first. Sure. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, this, this, there's a lot of different avenues that Doug Armstrong could take this summer. Obviously you have Kyrou and Thomas locked up. Uh, you want to build around those guys. You don't really need to do a rebuild given some of the bad contracts you have anyway, you really can't, uh, yeah. but you can retool in a number of ways, whether you want to make all three of these picks in the first round, like you said, very deep draft. We'll get into that later. Um, or you want to package the picks for something else. There's a lot that he can do now. And, We'll see what he does. Um, Let's get into the bigger names remaining. There are still some pretty big names out there. I don't think all of these guys will go, but hopefully there'll still be some drama on deadline day. I don't think that the NHL will be able to live up to what the NBA lived up to a few weeks ago, but there's plenty of names out there. Uh, We'll start Timo Meyer. He's number two on the hockey writers bait uh, trade bait chart. Um, San Jose, a team that is not really going anywhere at the moment. They have, there's a lot of young talent there in the system and, you know, up, but Timo Meyer, 31 goals this year in 56 games, 52 points overall. Um, He's been phenomenal. Uh, It'd be a stunner for him not to get his career high in goals, which he got Mm -hmm. last year at 35, five more to go. Um, I've always thought that the devils made a lot of sense here, but I don't know what the, the, the cost is going to be. Uh, Number one, do you think he's moved? And number two, is your educated guess or uneducated guess, whatever you want to say, uh, that he's going to go to New Jersey if he is moved? 
Yeah. Well, I, I think ultimately Meyer, it's a little harder for him because he's an RFA. I mean, he's got that $10 million qualifying offer. Uh, it, it's, he's still, again, he's still really young. I think, I think this is a big one uh, for the, you know, for the sharks to do. I don't think they need, to, they're necessarily forced to do it though. So, I mean, I think this one has a bit, I'm going to say it's a 50, 50 shot. He gets moved. Um, and the New Jersey does make sense because they've, they've been rumored a lot. There was talk with the Maple Leafs as well, but now that's pretty much off the table with them getting O'Reilly. Um, they'd have to do a lot of little, you know, quite a few things to get him. Um, so I'm going to say New Jersey is probably the one that makes the most sense at this point. Um, I don't know any other real team that I want to kind of say would be for sure. So I'm going to say New Jersey is going to be the one he'll get moved to if he does. Yeah, I think that that's a fair bet. I do wonder, um, like, if you're New Jersey, are you looking at what the Islanders and Rangers did in, you know, proximity? There's there's the division thing. There's the, you know, um, there's the rivalry of some sort with, with the Rangers and the, and the Islanders and those teams kind of competing. You see the Islanders get Horvat. You see the Rangers get Tarasenko. I don't know if that, I don't know if the Devils view that as you know them be, having their hand forced. I don't know, uh, but I think if you're gonna make a move and you're gonna try to you know keep up, like I think the Devils are probably a year ahead of schedule in terms of yeah. how good they have been this year. Um, and obviously Jack Hughes is just going to be a superstar. But how much do you really want to give up in that deal? Like the, it could be a huge price. I mean, Timo Meyer, like you said, the qualifying offer is huge. Uh, that could be something that teams maybe get a little scared of, uh, but I feel like a lot of the um, a lot of the interesting parts of this deadline is it feels like there's really one team that makes sense so much more than other teams for a player, and yeah. I think the Leafs with O'Reilly made a lot of sense because you don't need to he doesn't need to be playing first or second line this season first or second line minutes on a true contender. I think that where he's at right now, third's a perfect spot for him on, on a third line, but. Uh, yeah, I feel like I feel like Meyer makes just a ton of sense for uh, New Jersey. We'll see if it happens. Uh, and then on the defensive market, you got uh, Jacob Chikrin, Arizona Coyotes. He's number three on the hockey writers trade bait uh, list. I this is a guy that's been rumored to be moved for a long time now. Uh, I it just it, it's it's just it, it's got to happen at some point, I would think. Um, a lot of talk about LA with him, and then there's a lot of talk about it not being LA, Edmonton, not being Edmonton. Just nothing really makes sense. And I think if you're Bill Armstrong, why not capitalize and try to get a first and more in this draft yeah. for Chickering, right? I mean, what do you think? Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, when you're looking at all these other deals that are going for rentals, mm-hmm. um, potential rentals, I mean, Horvat turned out not to be one. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Jacob Chickering, he's, he's got term on his contract, which is a big thing for me. Um, because they can demand a lot more money, a lot more money. I mean, a lot more stuff in return because of that. So I, I think he does ultimately get moved. It's just where, um, you know, he's been that healthy scratch since the trade related reasons. He hasn't mm-hmm. been playing since then. Um, so there must be something in the works. It just depends on who it's going. Like the Maple Leafs were one that was, it looked like that could have been something that would happen. But again, this is going to be a miracle for Dubas to make that happen now. Um, now that he's basically made his move, although, I mean, they could still trade a high end prospect, Matthew Nyes, um, which I don't think that's happening. Um, again, Chikrin's got the money that you're, I mean, he's under a team friendly contract too. And so, I mean, it's, it's a really tough, I mean, 
I think the Arizona Coyotes got to do something. I think they do got to trade him. But again, are they really pressured to do so? I mean, it's not like he's on an expiring deal. They still have him under contract next season. But I think he's still got to do it um, because it doesn't seem like he wants to be in Arizona. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I think Minnesota would be an interesting one there. I think if you can figure out, like you get rid of the Dumba contract in that deal possibly. Yeah. Um, it's only one year, but it's still six mil. That's a big help with the cap. They do have cap space though. Like they're a rare team that could buy at the deadline that does have some cap space. They do have uh 2.9, I believe. Yeah. Um, and they did retain to get that 2025 fourth round pick, which is kind of weird, but uh, I guess they wanted to, I don't, I guess they wanted to help the, the blues out. I very weird. Um, <laughs> bizarre, but you know, Bill Guerin overalls, he's, I, I think he's done a good job, but there's a lot of bad or questionable moves such as, yeah. uh, you know, pretty much absolutely obliterating their cap in a couple of years with the uh, buyouts of Prezi and Suter. That's probably not an ideal move, but I think Minnesota could make a lot of sense for Chikrin. I don't think LA should trade. I, I'm not, I don't love the idea of holding on to prospects for too long, but obviously Brant Clark, I don't think that I would trade him in that deal. I don't think that LA no. would want to do that either, but um, that's kind of been the rumor swirling around, but I think, yeah, Chikrin to Minnesota would make, would make some sense. Um, all right. Number four on the hockey writers trade bait is Brock Besser of the Vancouver Canucks. A lot of weird buzz and blue circles that maybe they'll, they'll do a deal there. I personally don't see it, but. Um, who knows? Uh, what do you think about Besser? <laughs> yeah, here's another guy we talked about, Chikrin being uh, talked about in trades. Mm-hmm. Uh, Besser's been talked about in trades for the last three seasons, um, on and off. So, I mean, there's been denials that he wants to trade, you know, that there will, there was talk, whatever. But now his agent has looked around. So, I mean, talking to the Minnesota Wild is another team we just talked about with Chikrin. Um, yeah, the Blues have come out of kind of uh, out of it too. Um, New Jersey Devils uh, is another team. I mean, they could be a Besser could be a plan B if they don't get Meyer. Um, again, this is a guy with term on his contract, so he's got he's got he just signed that extension this past off season. So he's but he's at a six point I believe six point five million AAV. So it's a little high. So I mean, I think there's going to have to be retention. There's been talk that the Canucks would be willing to do that up to a million. So I mean. It, there could be that on the table. So we'll see. I mean, Besser, I think, will be traded. It's just, again, to where um, I'm going to say, if I was a betting man, I'd probably say Minnesota. It just seems like Minnesota always seems to be a good fit uh, for him to go. Um, so I'm going to say that. And, you know, there's the rumors of what the Canucks will get. I mean, a second rounder. I'm hoping that they can convince the team to give him a first round pick, but I feel it probably not going to happen. So I'm going to say mid-range prospect or a second rounder, which is not ideal, but I guess it's something. Yeah. uh, I am looking at the cap friendly trade machine and I see a uh, little blues Canucks deal here. Uh, (laughs) Maybe a little Colton Pareko action, which I mean, if the blues could find a way to get off of the Pareko deal, I think it'd be great. I don't know what team in their right minds would do it. I mean, I guess if you, (laughs) I know, I know the GMs have sometimes maybe gotten enamored with like, oh, he's six six, he's in his twenties, he was once a very good defenseman. Maybe you could convince a team of that, but it's a really <laughs> hard contract to move. It's seven years, six point five mil. That's yeah, just yeah. really hard to move. Uh, but 
if the Blues were ever going to get rid of Pareko, I think they would need to take on another contract of the same value, and Besser does have that. So I guess that's probably yeah. where the rumors have come from. I don't see it happening, but it it wouldn't stun me, but I don't see it would how it was how I would view that. I do think Minnesota, obviously, uh, from there – um, would be a good fit in in their uh, in what they're trying to do get get another goal scorer in there. He's only got was he have ten goals this year, so yeah. I think that he could he could definitely use a change of scenery, which a lot of these guys that are getting traded could. Uh, and another one that I don't know if I'd say change of scenery, but he's a big name, Patrick K, number five on the hockey writers bait board. Uh, I would honestly, and we'll just go with Taze Taze as well, who's number eight. I don't know if either of these guys are getting moved, but I don't know if I see a scenario where one gets moved and one doesn't. I almost think it's both or none yeah. uh, with Chicago. And I think yeah. if you are Chicago, I mean, you have to trade these guys. Unless unless Kane's going to sign back for a low number, which I don't know why he would do. I guess he does have three cups, so maybe he doesn't really <laughs> care too much about winning anymore in terms of it being the number one priority. But what are your thoughts on uh, Kane and Taves and, and a Chicago team that is clearly uh, trying to get Connor Bedard? <laughs> yeah well i mean it's funny because kane has now had two of his teams uh go after yeah. other guys um he wanted to go to the rangers um was angry they got tarasenko instead of him and then now there's talk that he wanted to go to the maple leafs well now they got o'reilly um that's probably not going to happen now kane going to the maple yeah. leafs so he's out of i don't know if he's out of options but the thing is is again he's got that new movement clause so he has to waive it mm-hmm. to go wherever he, wherever chicago thinks you know we got a deal done with someone and there was that that rumor that edmonton and and the blackhawks had a deal but waiting on kane to approve it i haven't had it heard anything since then um i don't know who wants to go to edmonton i'm not sure yeah. but uh you know kane is like again, he holds all the cards. So if he doesn't want to move, he's not going. So, but it just seems like from his talking and his interviews, it sounds like he wants, he's kind of closed the book on his time in Chicago. It just ends up being where he's going to go. Um, Taves, again, a lot of talk about him um, wanting to move on. That was last season, I believe, was, you know, kind of talking that he, he was going to move. Hasn't happened yet. But I think Blackhouse do need to move one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, get something because I think both aren't coming back next season. So, I mean, these two are big names. I don't know if they're going to command as much as like, I think they could maybe get as much as O'Reilly because they're pretty much a similar um, ilk. They're not as high end as they used to be, but they're still valuable players. So we'll see. I mean, this one's going to be an interesting one to see what happens. Yeah, and Chicago could add on more assets to a draft where they have six picks in the first three rounds. So um, I think that would be huge. Obviously, they get a top, I believe it's top 10 protected first from Tampa. Yeah. Um, in this year's draft in the Hagel deal, they get the second round pick from them. They got a Dallas uh, Dallas third, which uh, was a deal in the draft last year, I believe. Um, Arizona was involved somewhere, but I'm not going to read all that. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, it's a big draft for the Blackhawks. I think it would make no sense. As a Blues fan, I'd love for them to just not get anything for these guys. But <laughs> yeah. it makes a lot of sense to get something. And I don't know where they would end up. I mean, I think Patrick Kane and Connor McDavid playing together would be unbelievable to watch. I don't think it's going to happen, but I think it'd be unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I think Nashville, if they're looking to buy, they could maybe make sense for Taves. A little inner division action. We've heard some stuff about possibly – I mean, there's been rumors between the Blues and Wild making a deal for O'Reilly or the Blues and the Avalanche making a deal for O'Reilly before it went down. So maybe there will be an inner 
division trade in the central this uh, this deadline. But yeah, I think it makes sense that they got to move off of at least one of those guys. And the final name on the uh, hockey writers bait board is Eric Carlson, who's having an incredible season in San Jose, uh, number eleven on the list. Uh, but yeah, just I mean, just an unbelievable season for him thus far the contract has always been the big thing with him it was always the big thing with like Brent Burns before they moved him to Carolina uh I mean he's making 11 and a half for multiple more years I believe it's four more years after this so that's a tough spot but with the way he's playing it's hard not to want that I would think for for a team but it's also hard to make room especially when if you're San Jose you don't really want to uh retain if at all, on a on a contract with four years left after this year, so I don't think he's going to get moved. I, I don't know what you think. <laughs> it's I'd say the odds are really, really low that he's going to go anywhere because the thing is, like you said, that contract is is massive, and you know the Sharks are going to be like, well, we want a lot for this guy because he's doing so much. Um, you know what was there rumors about three first round picks or something like that that they want. I mean, that that's not going to happen. I mean, well, yeah, Brennan, Brennan Hagel got two first round picks. So <laughs> yeah. he's nowhere near a, 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 a um, skill level as Carlson. So, I mean, if a team is willing to do it, the thing is, is you're, you're hoping that Carlson stays at that production level for the next few years, or this is just a, you know, flash in the pan type year. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he goes back to what he was before. Um, you know, the last few years, he's not been the superstar that he was in Ottawa. So um, if he ends up staying at the 70 plus point range, I mean, he's what is he on pace for 100 points or something this season? Yeah. Um, he's in like Roman Yossi type territory from last season. So it, it's it's tough because if you think he's going to do that every season for the next few years, then yes, he's worth three first round picks. But I'd say the odds are that he's not going to do that for the next few seasons. So it's going to be a tough trade if it does happen because I think the Sharks are just going to want too much and teams aren't going to be willing to take on that massive of a contract. Yeah. I mean, you look uh, three years ago, he had, he played 56 games at 40 points and six goals. And now this year he's played 56 games as 18 goals and 55 assists for 73 points. So something's clicking. Uh, He looks a lot like he did in Ottawa. Um, Probably better, honestly. Than he did in Ottawa, especially from at least from an offensive standpoint. Um, I'm curious to see what happens. I don't think he'd be moved. I think a team that really makes sense here is probably Dallas, but I don't think that they have the assets or really want to move the assets mm-hmm. to make that happen. I think that that would be a very hard deal to figure out. So I think if you're San Jose, you probably want to get value for Meyer or Carlson. But if I'm San Jose, I'm probably saying I just want to trade Meyer and, yeah. and get the, the value there instead of having to give him. 10 plus, which is what he's going to get. So that's where I'd view that. Uh, All right. Let's see. There's other names out there. Uh, Jesse Poyarvi is up there. Uh, John Klingberg is up there. Shane Gostisbehere, Matt Dumba, uh, JVR, Max Domi, Ivan Barbashev, Luke Shin. Uh, Just overall thoughts on those other names and what could happen with some of them, who gets moved, who doesn't get moved. Just thoughts there. There's some guys that have been in the rumors again for a long time. Yessie Pugliarvi has been in there for, I want to say like 10 years, but, (laughs) uh, and, you know, talk about him being on waivers and all that and hasn't happened. Um, No trades happened, obviously. 
Again, I think this is a small deal. I don't think it's a big one. If he does get traded, it's probably for just a pick or something mm-hmm. um, or thrown into another package with another player, uh, a bigger player, like how Achari was. Um, I think Pugliari could be just that add-on. Um, you know, guys like Luke Shen, he doesn't want to go. I mean, he doesn't want to leave the Canucks because he feels that he wants to be here long-term. But again, the Canucks should try to get something for a guy that's going to be unrestricted free agent. Uh, coming up so and his value is astronomical right now i think the canucks i ideally they get a first round pick because it seems like teams are overpaying so yeah. i you know it'd be awesome if the canucks get a first for for shen a guy that's you know kind of revitalized his career from being a guy that was just stuck in the minors and not that long ago so it, it's it's gonna be tough i think with Shen, I hope that he does get traded and just comes back to the Canucks next season. You get something and then, you know, he'll return. But, you know, the personal, there's always that personal side of it. And I think because his his, uh, his wife is pregnant right now and due on deadline day. So that's going to be tough if he does get moved yeah. around there. So, I mean, yeah, yeah that that's a tough one. Um, and then one other one I just want to say is with, you know, a guy like Max Domi. Um, again, Chicago, uh, you have to, they have to get something for him because he's had, had a decent season. I think they could get, um, something pretty good. There's been talk about the Maple Leafs potentially still going after a guy like that. Um, I think they go after defense personally. I don't think they're going after any more forwards, but, uh, we'll see what happens with Domi because he has had a pretty good season and he was moved at last year's deadline. Um, we'll see if he's getting moved again. Yeah, I want to say Domi ends up in Calgary if he's moved. I think that yeah. would make sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I'll also say this about Chicago. It's weird how they kind of valued last year's draft so much by trading DeBrinket and trading Doc at that draft. And now they're maybe going to hold on to assets instead of yeah. getting value in this year's. I know they got value in this year's draft for Hagel, but with DeBrinket and Doc, they kind of just, okay, we'll take picks in last year's draft, which last year's draft is fine, but this year's is is a different level um, yeah. from what everybody is saying. So uh, it's kind of weird to me that that is how Chicago is approaching it. Cause this is a, probably a three or four year at least that Chicago is, is going through this and obviously getting that high end talent and your best chance to do it is at this year's draft uh, in comparison to the past few drafts or, you know, future drafts. This is the one I think um, where they can really capitalize. Cause if you look yeah. at their roster up and down, it's just, it's bad. And, and they're, they're another team that has, some rough contracts on the back end. Uh, Seth Jones is making a ton. Connor Murphy, 4.4. Jake McCabe, 4. <laughs> so tough spot to be in there. Um, but a lot of money coming off the books with Kane and Dave. So that'll be yeah. interesting to see how they approach that. Uh, all right, let's get into some 2023 draft stuff. Uh, just like the overall depth of this draft. Um from like a historical perspective or from just the perspective of of the last few drafts, how would you stack this one up in terms <laughs> of its depth in comparison to previous drafts? Well, it, it's probably the biggest one in a long time. I mean, I want to say it's as deep as the third round where you're getting like decent, not just decent, but pretty high end talent going as deep as that third round. And you know, that the first round, if you're comparing it to like last few drafts, you've got the top five. There's legitimately three of those guys could be first overall picks in the last couple drafts. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Adam Fantilli, if Connor Bedard wasn't in this one, he'd be a first overall pick. Um, last year, he'd probably be first overall. Um, personally, I think he's first overall over uh, Slavkovsky for sure. Um, and guys like Shane Wright, I mean, nothing against these two, those two, but you know, the talent is just insane. So Fantilli, Matt Famichkov could be a first overall pick in some of these. Um, yeah, Leo Carlson. I mean, the just list goes on. Uh, Zach Benson. Uh, yeah, you just look up and down the projected uh, first round and the second round from all these rankings that have come out so far. They're all high end talent. And you're even if you're getting a 20 to 30 pick, you're getting a pretty good guy. So overall, this draft, like I said, I was actually surprised a lot of the, for these first rounders are moving. I thought there was going to be there's going to be more difficult. <laughs> to pry these out of these um, teams' hands, but but you look at it, they're all late round picks that are that are going. I mean, they're all these teams that are contending teams that are like, well, yeah. you know, we want to win a cup over um, prospects, I guess. Because Maple Leafs, what they haven't had a first round pick in like three or four years now. Mm-hmm. They've traded it away each time. So I mean, I think they should have kept it. But if O'Reilly helps them win a cup, I guess they're fine with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, I think teams teams should certainly probably, if they trust their GM and they trust themselves, I think you probably want to value the the picks in this year's draft over some prospects. Uh, so maybe you'll take a lower end prospect if you can get a second or a first in this year's draft for the big players. So I think, like yeah. like I said, if you're San Jose, I think you gotta find a way to get a first this year and more picks, uh, even a first and a third this year, first and a second this year, whatever it is for Meyer, if you're going to trade him, now is the time to do it. So uh, just looking at uh, the mock draft from uh, Logan Horn, the hockeywriters.com, February 6th is this draft. Uh, number nine overall pick, Vancouver. He has uh, Oliver Moore, center, U.S. development program. Uh, thoughts on that? Well, I like I meant we we were talking about it on Prospect Corner about that, and Moore's really jumped up the draft board um, lately, and he's he's getting into that realm of a top ten pick. Well, in that mock draft, went ninth overall. Um, the Canucks have gotten a better realm of odds in the last <laughs> few weeks um, since yeah. that draft was made. So, I mean, they they could have they have top five odds of getting the first overall pick now, but uh, at that point, they got ninth. And Moore would be a pretty good pickup, I think. You know, the Canucks need centermen. They traded Bo Horvat, so they need Moore now um, down there. Moore looks like he could be a pretty good two-way guy. Um, you know, and then later on, they could potentially get that Islanders pick um, if the Islanders don't make the, you know, they make the playoffs and they don't get that 12 and up. Um, they'll get another first rounder. So I liked the pick. I think Moore would be a pretty good pickup. Um but I, I want the Canucks to be in that top five round. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> more be okay, but I want to get uh, a bigger guy. Yeah, that's what I would be striving for as well. Um, so, this, I, I'm assuming he, so he went through a tankathon lottery generator, uh, which turns out no, St. Louis Blues number two on this one. Interesting. <laughs> Uh, so I won't even go. We know how good Fantilli is, and it's I, I would be highly surprised the Blues ended up with a top five pick because I think they'll probably screw it up. But I <laughs> uh, still got a couple more picks after that. Uh, are there any like late first round gems that could possibly be top ten guys in other drafts? You think that that could end up sliding into the later parts of the first round? 
Oh, I one guy's Andrew Crystal. I mean, he's a he's a guy that I mean, he's undersized. I, I really think that. I mean, he's not. I compared him to Logan Stankoven, but like Logan pointed out, he doesn't have the same skating that Stankoven does. But I'm looking at size, and why Stankoven dropped was because of his size. And again, Andrew Crystal, smaller guy, but he's got so much skill, and he's just ripping up the WHL right now with the Kelowna Rockets and. Um, you know, Peter and I have been on the bandwagon from Logan has as well, you know, for a while. And a lot of rankings have him in the later first round. And I think he has the talent to be a top 15 uh, pick, but he probably won't go there. He'll probably go in the later first. And uh, whoever picks him is going to end up with a, a guy that could potentially be a, a top line guy. Um, in other drafts, he'd probably be a, a higher first round pick. But again, never know because t- teams still seem to stray away from the guys that don't have as much size. And, you know, you're looking at a 5'10 guy, or I think he's like 5'9", um, and then a 6'3". I mean, most GMs pick the 6'3 guy over him. So yeah. um, it's unfortunate. We've talked about this almost every draft in the you know, with the undersized guys. Um, but I say Andrew Crystal is going to end up being a steal because I don't think he's going to be a top 15, even though he has the talent to do it. Yeah. Um, how many how many of these first round guys, high end guys, do you think will play right away in the NHL? Who I mean, it, it's tough. I'd say that the top five has for sure potential to do it. Um, I would see it even stretch into the top ten um, to play in the first year. But again, it's hard to say with some of the college guys like Fentilli mm-hmm. sometimes likes, you know, he's University of Michigan. A lot of these guys like Owen Power took another year. Um, yeah. in college because he wanted to win a, as championship. So you don't know how, you know, how much these guys value that. Um, and they have the choice um, to not, yep. you know, to not sign that contract yet and want to play their year in the NCAA. So it's tough to say with a guy like Fantilli, um, but I'm going to say, well, for sure, Bedard will be in the NHL next yeah. season. I, he's just too good to be, to be not there, but I would say it'll stretch into the top. It could stretch into the top 10 as guys that could potentially play in the NHL next season. Yeah, this should be a very interesting class to to view and to cover. And there's still a lot of time for some movement between now and the draft. All right, that will do it here, Matthew. Thank you for joining me. Of course, you can uh, follow him on Twitter at Matthew Zatora SC. Uh, check out thehockeywriters.com, of course. Uh, I'm sure we can get together again before the uh, – probably sometime in the playoffs and then once again for the draft as well. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. So uh, thank you for joining me. And uh, hope we can do it again sometime. Yeah, it's uh, it's always fun talking deadline, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk uh, post deadline of what yeah. <laughs> the aftermath is. So yeah. Uh, yeah, looking forward to it. No 